Hi guys, welcome back to the Up All Night Book Club podcast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Abby. And I'm Jacob. I'm glad to be back with everyone for another for another episode. <laughs> welcome back. Yes, and we're glad to have you. All right, yeah. Today we're gonna to be talking about ebooks versus physical books. Let's just open it up with a question right now. Like, which do you guys prefer, ebooks or physical books? Okay, I'll answer it first. For me, I I don't have a preference for me like my, the preference depends on the setting like for me like ebooks have their place and physical books have their place and i have disadvantages and advantages for each and and a love for each but there's no no way i i lean completely but they both have their role in my library and i love both too like there's just nothing like opening up a book smelling the pages but there's also like just reading at night with my Kindle is just like, a, it's a different experience. I love it so much. Um, just that, that e-ink screen is just so good. So nice on the highs. Um, I, I probably lean more ebook like overall. I know for me, I'm kind of like both of you guys where it's like, um, I lean both ways. I definitely prefer the convenience of ebooks, but the satisfaction of fi- uh, finishing a physical novel for me will beat out an ebook hands down well i will agree with you there like specifically like even though on ebooks like they can tell you your progress there's nothing like quite like for me like with a physical book of being able to like see your progress see like how far you've read see like by looking at like the spine of the book and like just there's nothing quite like that for me either so even though like you can see progress on both I, I do prefer it, the satisfaction you get when you phys- finish like a physical copy of a book. And I'm actually the opposite. I like seeing the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. So like mm. if I'm reading a physical book, I'll actually go to Goodreads and put in my number at the end of the night, like what page I'm on to see what percentage of the book I'm through. And I love seeing that bar on the bottom of the like reading Kindle, you know, how much time you have left in the book. Um, so I know whether or not I have time to read another chapter, how much time, you know. I hate the time. It makes me pre- like. I feel like it's a. It's like a bet. It's like, oh, you you think you you think you're reading faster, but you can't finish this in an hour. I'm like, well, now I've got to. No, and it does add some pressure, but like I found it because it learned your reading speed at least, it, and it does it pretty accurately on the Kindle Oasis. Because mm-hmm. like I've had that thought in the back of my head, like, is it like how does it know my actual reading speed? Because it's just kind of throwing like a a ball in the air and, and guessing, but. I actually timed it one time and it's pretty, it's pretty accurate and it's helped me because I'm one of those that is like an hour before bed. Okay. I want to read this many chapters and I can actually see like, okay, I have one more chapter to go 15 minutes. It's usually pretty accurate. So I can definitely see why I would feel like added pressure, but I found it to be like one of the advantages of eBooks actually after using them for a while. I don't know. I'm just such a, I'm, I'm a very competitive person I've discovered. And I don't know. I'm just like, I've got to beat it now. Um, but I also read on my phone, not in like an actual e-reader. I use the Kindle app. Like that's when I think of e-reading, I think of reading on my phone with the Kindle app or like the overdrive app from the library. Um, and so I don't know if maybe that affects like the time limit or whatever, but I've never timed it. That'd be interesting to do. There's so many different ways to read eBooks like on your laptop or on your phone, on an iPad or on a Kindle? There is. And 
for me, like when I speak to ebooks though, I'm I I'm referring to like an e-reader because like this is where like most of those like advantages come into play for me because the just experience overall is very different, like from a Kindle, like Paperwhite, Baseline, or Oasis versus an iPad because of the type of the screens, like the e-ink screen, being able to like and you can adjust brightness on both, but it's just like the eye strain you get from on an iPad, laptop versus an actual e-reader with an e-ink screen is pretty different for me. Yeah, not all e-ink screens are equal because I had the, like the baseline sure. Kindle and that e-ink screen wasn't as good as the Paperwhite I have now. Um, just even to the touch, just touching the screen feels so much better on the Paperwhite. Well, especially from like a resolution standpoint too because I had that similar experience. Like I had an old kind of, I think it was a Kindle Voyage or one of like the early like baseline Kindles and just like the resolution from that to like an Oasis, it, it makes a, a big difference. So yeah, no, they're not all created equally for sure. Yeah, the baseline Kindle is 167 pixels per square inch and the uh, Oasis and the Paperwhite is 300. So that that's a pretty big jump there. And I didn't think I noticed the difference, if I'm being honest, because I still thought like the baseline Kindle, it, I thought it looked good. I read the first Harry Potter book on that and I was I was fine. But then I got this paperweight and I'm never going back. No, yeah, it's not and that's definitely it's a big difference. And you can't really, you know, I know for me, like I'm not like a big, I'm not read up on like screen resolutions and the, and the major differences, but when you pick up one and then the other, especially after spending a lot of time with like a baseline Kindle and then going to like something higher res, you notice it definitely. All right. Could you guys like talk a bit more about like what you're talking about when you say, um, what is it? Ink screen? Oh yeah. E-ink. E-ink. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the way your phone works is there's like the lighting is behind the screen and you have the light come forward into the screen. That's where you get like the images that pop up on your phone. E-ink, um, actually, I'm not entirely sure how it works a little bit differently, but it's only black and white. Um, and I think, I think it's magnetic. I don't know. Actually, that's something to look up real quick. I don't either. And I think to my understanding, like it almost reflects light versus, I know the newer ones have like a backlight too that you can see in the dark. Like some of like the original ones I know used to like kind of reflect light, like um, almost like if you were reading like a book that like it's reflected light versus like a backlight. But I don't I don't know like the actual technicalities behind it either. According to Google, um, it's kind of what you said where like the lighting comes in at a different space and its goal is to lower power consumption and increase the contrast of the screen to make reading easier. Yeah, I like having the front light better on the kindle because i was actually about to say that before you asked to explain the the ink um the the kindle like the lights are in front of the screen so the um the lights projected back so you're not having that light coming at your eyes like you are on a phone or a tv or a computer um it's it's being redirected by a different angle which but that that makes a different reading experience from reading on your phone like when you said you, you read on your phone that's the biggest difference for me. And I think it it varies from different from person to person. I think a lot of people have this experience, and I know I did as well, but it's it's with the LCD screens like on a on a phone or a laptop, an iPad. When you're reading books that way, 
I get a lot of eye strain and a lot more like fatigue reading versus within like an e-reader, especially like the new ones, like they have like the yellow lighting to almost mimic more like, like a, like a book page. And I don't notice like any of the eye fatigue. I don't notice any of the eye strain. Plus you get the advantage of being able to read at reading in dark, which that's pretty big, like before bed for me, because it's versus like a phone with the screen with the blue light, it'll keep me up. But with a Kindle, it doesn't have that same effect because of like the e-ink screen and, and, and what it is. So that's like the major difference I've noticed with between the two, because I spent a lot of time reading Kindle on the Kindle app on my phone as well. But it's mostly in daytime and kind of like forced scenarios where I have to do it. Yeah, I was going to say, um, like the big draw for e-readers for me is a way to like decrease my social media time. So like, um, for example, I went to the hairdressers yesterday and I had like a half hour wait before I went. In. And normally what I would do is I'd like go on Instagram or go on TikTok because we're all addicted. Um, but instead I opened up my Kindle e-reader and started reading like some random book I just got from the library. Um, and needing like an e-reader specifically in order to receive the benefits, like, I don't know, it kind of takes away some of the convenience. Like part of it, is that you only need one device um, and you can do it all. And needing another one just kind of, I don't know, it's just more money that I have to spend. And like, I think you mentioned, oh, I don't think you haven't mentioned, like how much like is a, an e-reader, like just a base Kindle e-reader? Cause I know you guys are talking about like the upgraded versions. Yeah, just the basic Kindle runs you at $89 before tax. And um, funnily enough, I went book shopping for the first time with a friend. And for $89, I got like 12 books at Barnes and Noble. I mean, what? I mean, I'm going to get the 12 books over the e-reader every time, even though the e-reader may be a better investment. Well, and we, yeah, and we can get into it. Uh, the different ways like you can eventually save. I, I've experienced even more with like an e-reader and Kindle versus buying, going to a bookstore and buying physical copies. Though I understand that's an experience in of itself that is taken away by just loading books onto your, your Kindle or buying, you know, with the thing with the Kindle set, with the Kindle is there's a lot of sales. Mm -hmm. I know in, I think Amazon in particular has a program that they run, like where you pay like a monthly subscription and you get like so many books a month Kindle as well. Unlimited, yes. So there's definitely ways I've, I mean, I've found that I've made my money back more. I've saved a lot, even though there's like kind of that entry price where you have to pay, okay, say $90 for a Kindle. Like in, in time, if you do get use out of it, which that's kind of the big thing. If you're so tied to physical books where you still find yourself gravitating towards that over a Kindle, then yeah, it's it's probably not a great um, a great idea from a cost perspective. But what I've found, I've gotten a lot of use out of my Kindle, and when I've had like I've utilized deals and loading books onto it, and I've saved a lot of money actually in the process doing it that way. I know another big draw is just like how small an e-reader is. I'm currently in a dorm, and like I said, I just went on that big book book spending haul. Um, and I've got 12 new books and I have nowhere to put them. They're like sitting at the edge of my bed. And as someone who was raised like very much books are sacred objects that you get on special occasions and should take care of. It kind of hurts me a little. Like I don't have space to like protect them and keep them in a safe place. 
um, versus an e-reader, like you don't have to worry about it. It's just on a tablet kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because my number one advantage that I wrote down for a Kindle is portability, like 100%. I mean, I have over 400 books on my Kindle and I have them all organized in different sections. And it's, it's literally all in like the palm of my hand, mm-hmm. especially for someone like, I think even in your scenario, but for me, like I'm someone that has not so much in, in obviously with COVID, but I'm a big traveler. So like having the, like being afforded the ability to kind of bring my entire library of books in my backpack and, and like the, the size of like a Kindle, like something I can just mm-hmm. hold in my hand. That's huge because I, I could never lug around books like on a, on a trip really anywhere. Yeah, I, I'm going on a, like a plane for like the first time in my life this summer. Um, and that's something like I'm actually struggling with because I don't like I want to read. This is going to be a vacation. I want to have books to read. But there are like weight limits on planes. Yes. What's with that? Um, and <laughs> so I can't do my normal like MO of just like packing two shirts and then packing the rest with books. Absolutely. And like, especially when you think about like for me, when I've been in places, like I, cause there's the weight limits. And if you're just under the weight limit and then you buy three to four books on your trip when you're over there and then try to factor back into the way the backpack, that's a problem too. So it's definitely like versus if I want to read a specific book when I'm overseas somewhere or in another state somewhere, et cetera, I can just go to the Kindle store, buy it. And I have it right there. Just all I need is internet connectivity to do it. So that's, I mean, for me, like from a portability standpoint, that's everything for me. That's like the number one advantage. Jonathan, I don't know if you've had the same kind of experience with it. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, this thing is always in my bag everywhere I go. Um, either my backpack or my work bag. I'm, I'm always taking it with me. Super convenient. Um, I don't have to lug around like a hardcover book because when I do get books, I like hardcover books. Those things are, you know, a little bit larger, a little bit heavier, a little bit heavy, heavy duty. Bringing up the like topic of like physical books, um, when people were talking, I have an Instagram poll uh, from our Up All Night Book Club Instagram if you want to follow us there. And I saw um, that when it comes to people reading actual physical books, most of them prefer paperback over hardback. I'm presuming because of the portability of them versus hardback. The reading experience for me with a, like as far as physical books go, paperbacks are by far my preference. But I also have like the collector side of me from like an aesthetic point of view, you can't really beat a hardback. Yeah. Like, so if I'm getting a hardback though, it's, it's pretty much for display, even though my display at school looks just horrible right now. Cause I don't have enough room for anything either. Um, but yeah, so for, for me, like that's kind of the thing with hardbacks is display purposes check, but for reading purposes, they're not as comfortable in the hand. And like, I'm like cringing as I'm like trying to like hold them and read it. Cause I'm worrying that like, I'm going to mess up the, the book itself. Because it's obviously more of a money investment than a than a, a paperback version is. So. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about the cost of physical like books? Um, I'm gonna bring up my like big spending spree again. Um, ninety dollars, a solid thirty percent of it was just one book, one hardback book. Easily. Which is 
ridiculous. I as I, like if it wasn't like a book I'd been waiting for for months and had like saved solely to buy, I think I just would have said no and been absolutely not. Like I don't even spend that much on my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And then the problem is, is like if it's one of my favorite books, then every three to four years they're putting out different variants of the hardcover itself too. And then I want to go buy the new variant mm. too. So like then like just the the money you end up sinking in, into it, which I understand that not everyone is crazy like that, but for me I am. Like especially my favorite books, I think of like some Stephen King books in particular. Like one of his most famous books, The Stand, like Barnes and Noble puts out like a variant of it, like every like three to four years. And I feel obliged to go and get it. But yeah, no, they're definitely a money investment. The Barnes and Noble collectible editions are so beautiful on my shelf. They're awesome. I got a copy of the picture of Dorian Gray um, in that same little Mm. screen. Uh Um, And it is the most beautiful book I think I've ever bought. And it's like a Barnes and Noble collector edition. And that transitions well into another point about um, physical versus eBooks. With physical books, you get kind of a beautiful piece of art that you can show off to people along with the book. That's, that's why they're so expensive. You're paying for a piece of art. You're paying for a cover design. Lots of times on the actual covers, there's engravings. I mean, we're, we're all big fantasy readers. Those scalloped pages hit different. I love those things. <laughs> I agree with you, but I will say that as far as physical books go, what you're speaking to more, I think, is hardcover because I found for me with my paperbacks, even when I'm trying to take like extreme care with it, man, they get damaged pretty easily. And especially like the that back spine mm-hmm. on, on a lot of the books, a lot of the paperbacks can start peeling and they wear with age. They don't, they don't age particularly well. So again, I think like for me, like if it's a book that's a piece of art that you're going to be able to hold forever, that's going to hold like that same look, that's kind of like a hardcover. I don't find that the paperbacks, at least in my experience, um, last as long. What about you, Jonathan? Yeah, no, I don't like it when the books start wearing. Like I get like keeping mine in nice like collector's mm-hmm. editions, like when the paperbacks get that like the lines on them, that bugs yeah. me. Um, but I know a lot of people like it. Like my girlfriend, she loves it. Like one of her favorite books is like all. I was gonna up. say I don't know maybe oh I'm God. just like a super sentimental person, but I love paperbacks that are like beat up. I will go through garage sales and specifically buy like okay what's the most beaten up book because that's like a sign it's a good book. And on my own bookshelf, like I was cleaning it the other day, and I was like, wow, I remember when I got this page torn. I remember why and like seeing the spines all creased and bent, especially on like my childhood favorites. Like covers are gone, and. I just love like that. We're going to get real poetic here, but like that physical demonstration of love for something. And um, I'm definitely careful with my books. I was raised that this is like a special thing. You don't want to like treat it badly, but it is just something that happens when you read something a bunch of times, especially when it is a paperback. And that's something that you kind of miss on an e-reader. I guess you get like finger smudges on the screen, (laughs) but like if you read a lot of books, you don't have that, like, you don't get to, you don't see that, if that makes sense. Well, and and I agree with you. And I guess what I was speaking to is more of just like, if I'm thinking of display on a bookshelf, Yeah. like that's what I like from a hardcover. But speaking to the experience you're talking about, I actually like one of my favorite things is like when I go to a used bookstore and I buy a book and I, I just had this experience. I bought a book from one of the bookstores around me at UCF and I got the book and like inside the book, 
there was like a little note that was left. Like, I think it was like a mother that had like wrote their daughter something, but like, she was basically like speaking towards like, oh, this book changed my life in college. Like I skipped like classes for an entire week to sit there and read or whatever. So I wanted to give it to you. I hope you have the same experience. It was something like that. But like, that's one of my like favorite experiences in general is like books that are mm-hmm. lived in, like whether it's like little notes or it's tabs sometimes. Like I, I just, you you don't get that with an e-reader. That's very true. And I and I do think that's that's an advantage of, of, of this physical book, specifically if you're like going to use bookstores and getting ones that are yes. lived in or if, you're just wearing them out yourself and like you're saying like you remember like little page tears or or dog ears that you know remind you of like when you first read it initially and talking about the the notes um i highlight the heck out of my kindle books and since we've started this podcast i've started actually making notes um to try to like understand it better but when i read the physical book i don't like like making notes or highlights or anything on the actual book. Um, my textbooks are different. Like if you look at my uh, textbooks, they're all marked up. I got writings on all of the equations in the corners, a little bit of math there. Um, but no, not, not my like literature books. I can't mark in those. I don't know. I can't bring myself to do it. But my Kindle, I like the crap out of it. I even color code it. Because like in the app, you can color code. Well, one of the best parts about it too is... So like when you're in that Kindle ecosystem and you have the Kindle app on your phone, on your laptop, like when you're reading it on an e-reader and you're like making highlights, you can even make notes obviously on it too and type things in as you're reading. It uploads to the Kindle app itself. So you can go on your phone and check highlights and notes you made. And it's like, it, so it's like it all combines that way. And I think that's like one of the best parts about it. Obviously, if you're just making highlights on a physical book, it's not going to all group together like that. And like, you can't get it on your phone. So. It also uploads to Goodreads so you can share it with your friends if you do it to the Kindle, but you can't manually upload highlights from physical books. I actually didn't even know about the Goodreads tidbit. That's yeah. really interesting. I've never utilized yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually like a con for me. Really? I don't know. Well, I just you can hide them. It doesn't have to be public. You can choose. Oh, you can what, hide them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Most of mine are hidden. Like, I think only like two books. I think I made some of my um, highlights and you can do specific highlights too. Um, So like some of them for the Midnight Library, I made them public. Well, and the interesting thing is the ones that are public, like it shows like the most liked, liked ones. So like you can see like what a lot of people are highlighting and like just like what spoke to like different people. I always find that cool to kind of look through sometimes just to see like how it differentiates from the ones that I highlighted too. That's like a cool kind of experience, like this whole like ecosystem that's created within it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I guess I like um, the fact that like if I guess I don't like how easy it is to go and Kindle again. Like I think I'm just very sentimental, but I like the fact that if you love a sentence in a book, you have to like you have to go find a pen, you have to go get a notebook, you have to write it out, and that just like kind of shows like how powerful that line is. But again, that's me being nitpicky and being very romantic and sentimental. So I definitely like see why it is beneficial, especially for textbooks. Like I have um, all my textbooks are um, e-readers specifically because it's so easy to take notes and keep them grouped. Um, On Kindle, especially, you can do this thing where like you can specifically search the colored highlights 
which is fantastic because you can color code and then be like, okay, I only want the blue highlights or the red highlights and things like that. No, and I and I don't think you're being nitpicky. I just, I think it's like you're saying, it's just a personal preference. Like that, this is what you've grown up doing. Like this is what you're so accustomed to. And I think I was the same way before I really started using e-readers. But for me, I think just once I did, just the how much easier it is for me to to do those things and then to have all my highlights like on my phone as well that I've like uploaded in my notes. I just find it to be like the the more streamlined experience. But I get the nostalgia too that factors into everything. I think, okay, I, I think it's like aligned in my head. I don't know about like you, Jonathan, or you, Jacob, but for me, reading is like my self-care. I read like after a really long day, I read right, right when I wake up as like a good way to start my day. I read when I'm stressed or really sad or even sometimes like super duper happy. Like it is how I cope with a lot of things. And so making it like this really personal experience with something physical and then going and making physical notes. Um, but like all the books that have most affected me have been physical because of that, I think. Um, and it just like, because it's an act of self-care, making it it that much more of an effort to make things matter. I don't know if I'm explaining myself right. You are. Yeah, I know. It's because it's it's a form of escapism for me too. Like, I think that's how it's self-care mm-hmm. in that way is like when I'm reading a book and I'm experiencing a book, like it's kind of like all I'm doing, like I'm putting myself in the in that world. I think that's, I think a lot of people have that experience just with reading in general. That's why like I've noticed, like I think just with COVID and everything that was going on, reading gained so much popularity again, yeah. just because it's something you can just immerse yourself in and and kind of just escape into a different world. I feel like this would be a good way to transition into how COVID has affected like e-reading versus physical reading for all of us. Like I know for me, I had never like read eBooks really. I had a Kindle or like a Nook my freshman year of high school. I had Kindle Unlimited. I read it. Like that's all I did freshman year. And then after that, I kind of like exhausted the books I wanted to read there and it died and I never picked it up again. I never saw a need to replace it. Um, But then with COVID, the library shut down and the only way I could get my books was through e-readers and I was kind of forced to adapt to like ebooks and some uh like I mean I don't hate them I feel like I've been like hitting on them a bit I, I they are very useful and I've kind of because of COVID been forced to adapt and like them in some way so would you guys say like COVID has like shifted your opinions at all um well I've been using like I, I've been using Overdrive and Libby like years like since before Libby was a thing um so when COVID hit I definitely like checked out more ebooks but I also got annoyed because the waits got longer oh my gosh there's so uh, for books it's there's still some books with like three month waits it's like are you are you kidding me like 12 weeks really uh, so I'm, I'm still waiting for some of them and I don't know if it's changed my personal opinion but I think it probably definitely changed uh, opinions in general I don't know like the actual statistics like whether e-reading like skyrocketed during this time but I think I would imagine it probably did because just outside of like libraries shutting down I know for a fact there was a lot of like local used bookstores that shut down during COVID as well Uh, there's a really popular one I know by the UCF area that's still not open I think a lot of people had that experience as well so yeah I think it probably I would imagine it changed opinions. And I'd say that's one of the advantages of it. I know like 
something else that gained a lot of popularity is like people are just like going to Amazon and buying physical books that way. So I think that was the shift as well. But yeah, in general, um, I think Amazon sold out of their Kindles. Really? During the pandemic. I think like even the Oasis sold out. And I don't know if that speaks to like just the, I know there's been so many problems like with manufacturing and like the supply chain that way, or it's, it's just with the popularity of readers, but that's interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Funnily enough, I think like the two big things they ran out of was like podcast microphones and Kindles. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. No, there are like 5 million podcasts now, I guess. We're the best. Everyone has started one. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I would have to agree. And so um, going back a little bit, like for the searching, like it's so great that you can just search through a book or like a keyword if you're like using a textbook. Like I still prefer physical books, but that's because like mine are really technical. I like to look at the equations. but using that search function for like other things is, is just great. And the the Kindle also has like X-Ray. I don't know if you guys know about that. It's a glorious X-ray feature. for textbooks. I don't think I'm familiar. What is it, the X-Ray? Oh, X-Ray? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like, um, so you like, I don't know if you can get it on the phone. I don't think I've seen that option on the phone. Like it's on my Kindle e-reader for sure. So like if you open up a book you're reading, like I'm reading Prelude to Foundation, by Asimov, however you spell his, pronounce his name. If you like tap the three dots there in the, the top corner on the book, you can go to the, the X-ray. It has like notable clips. It has like people and it, it doesn't cover from ahead of where you've read. Oh, that's cool. So you can only go back and see notable like sections. So there's no spoilers. You can go back and see like quotes from like different chapters. Um, so if you need a refresher, you can skip through that real quick. It has like a glossary of people, um, different terms that might, you know, pop up if you need, you know, you need like um, flashcards or something for a textbook um, and any images that might be in the book, like maps or postcards or whatnot. It's just, it's pretty cool to have all that organized and like right there at your fingertips. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, I ha- I'm not too familiar with that feature, but oh man, the search, the search function. I can't even tell you like how many times that has come like clutch, especially like as an English, like literature major versus like, if I'm doing like kind of like deep analysis of like, whether it's a short story or a novel or like a specific character within a novel, like being able to look up like certain words that refer to like a a specific theme maybe, or like if I want to, if I'm doing like a character analysis, like being able to like search that character's name and seeing all the different times that they showed up and being able to like click on that and and see like a a scene that's been like a huge advantage for me i understand with a physical book that like you could do that but obviously it's just not as as like streamlined because you're gonna have to be flipping through yeah you're gonna be flipping through pages and it's just i'd say like that's the search function major advantage for e-reader i definitely will like agree with you there um, for the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, that was like the first book I really like, what's the word? Annotated. I really annotated that book. Mm. And it was so frustrating at times because like I had to have my tabs, I had to have my different highlighters, I had to have a pen and all these things. Like before whenever I'd annotated a book, I just 
use whatever I had on hand, like different colored pens, whatever, it didn't matter. Um, but for this one, like I wanted it to look nice. And I found that very frustrating. And I can see how that would be a big advantage of an e-reader that you don't need all those utensils. It's already like built in to the e-reader. Yeah, especially like on the phone where you have different colored highlights. So that could act like, has like your different tabs or whatnot. Yeah, and I, and I will say, because I haven't done too much. Um, well, obviously, because on a Kindle, like that's one of the disadvantages. There are certain e-readers that can display uh, color. I'm aware of, I don't know which ones in particular, but like, as far as like a lot of the baseline Kindle ones, even the Kindle Oasis, the highest model, they don't like display color. So I know for me, the major instances that I noticed that is like, so like when you have your library of books displayed on your Kindle, like it'll show the covers and the covers are black and white. And it's kind of just like a nitpicky OCD thing for me, but I would love to, for it to be colored. And I know another instance where you may notice that if you're like a manga or a, a comic book reader, obviously like it wouldn't be colored then either. So for like those um, specific genres, I'd say like physical still has like a major advantage unless you're reading it on your phone, but obviously that's different than an e-reader. But yeah, I'd say like the that's the, the main times I notice it for sure. Yeah, I use my tablet to read comics. I use Comixology, like the app. Um, I've tried reading on the Kindle and it's, it's definitely not the same experience. You're definitely losing out on a lot. Whoever colors those comics, they do a great job. Definitely. I guess that transitions onto another really good point, which is how um, physical books are adapted to become eBooks and how that can either add or take away from an experience. Like, especially um, we're all big fantasy readers, like maps become essentially useless on e-readers. If they're like multiple pages, like they don't work well. <laughs> no, definitely. And I even noticed that there's um, a major map that's included like in Stephen King's It, like of the town of Derry. And yeah, it's not a great experience trying to view it on a Kindle whatsoever. So for sure. Yeah, it's, it's awkward zooming yeah, in. Yeah, I know. Like trying to see those details. Because that's another thing with Kindle is on the e-readers, the touchscreen can be kind of like hit and go. That's why for me, like, I love some physical aspect. So like with the Kindle Oasis, you have the physical button that you can push to turn pages. It sounds minor, but that's a major thing for me too. No, that, that that's uh, leads into a funny story. So like I got my Kindle before I like got back into physical books and I got a physical book and I tapped the page to turn the page like in the first chapter I was tapping the page and I'm like why is it not turning yeah and it took me a second to realize I was looking down not at a Kindle but at an actual book oh that's funny yeah but I'm 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 so used to that as well and and that's the thing if for me with like the baseline Kindles I, I don't enjoy them as much because to my understanding you don't have the physical button at least with one of the newer ones you don't and like I like being able to have like that physical button to know like I turned a page it sounds pretty minor but for me it's kind of like a big thing I've noticed it kind of goes hand in hand with the satisfaction of reading um when you read a physical book you get the feeling of turning a page and then feeling in your hand how many pages you read and how many you have left um that you kind of lose with an e-reader and so having that button kind of maybe replaces that in some way it does for me a, a little bit obviously it, it doesn't with the sense that you can see like how far, how much progress you've made, like you can with a physical book. But as far as like, yeah, kind of like mimicking that feeling of like 
some physical aspect that you have like with the novel it just doesn't hit the same that's how i would put it too i think but yeah i would love to have the button the paper white doesn't have a button um but i'm gonna wait until they get color e-ink at amazon before i upgrade because i really want an oasis but it's basically the same thing but with buttons in a a blue light filter i think that's smart for a much higher price i think point. that's smart and i don't know when the next like kindle oasis model is expected but i think this one is nearing like almost two years old so it's probably not far off i would imagine the next like rendition of it will have some sort of color aspect to it and i think at that point i would I really hope so maybe sell mine and get a new one too just because even though like i don't i don't think i'd read comics on it still I still want to see like some color, especially with like the cover pages. That's big for me. Okay. So, so far I made a little pro con list. Um, the big pros for e-reader has to be like, number one, convenience. I feel like we haven't touched on that enough, but like you carry it everywhere. It's so small. It doesn't take a lot of weight. doesn't take a lot of space. Um, so you can travel or if you're moving around a lot, it's not a big thing. And that in general, it's overall a lot cheaper because of ebook sales where like everything goes 99 cents. Um, products like Kindle Unlimited, um, we touched a little bit on Libby and Overdrive through the library system, where you get a lot of free ebooks. Um, and like those are the big pros. Um, and then like for the cons, we've talked about um, how you kind of lose some of the physicality and sort of traditions and sentimentality of reading an actual physical book. And it's not as pretty. You don't get the pretty books, which I feel like, I, like it sounds so like, uh, like surface level. But I feel like as readers, like we kind of want to show off that we're reading and we're readers. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it does. It's a bit surface level, I guess. But again, I think for like, it's just part of the experience. Like, I think it sounds just from like your opinion, like you're big on like the reading experience too. Like for you, it's a form of like self-care and you like, and and for me, I'd say like, it's, it's part of the experience as well. So Maybe it's surface level, but I don't know. I think those things matter as well. So it's like smelling a book. I did that for the first time <laughs> since before COVID and I forgot how great it was. And you can't, what do you do? Can you smell like, like I don't know, maybe that'll be done the next generation of Kindle. You, you probably, maybe like with the color, like you like probably could master, like smell a books whenever you buy one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably could. I don't think I'd recommend it. <laughs> I don't know if your hands are clean, maybe, but (laughs) if not, I think I'd probably pass on the smelling of Kindle and (laughs) e-readers. No, that's definitely a factor, a factored into it, but I have to be honest, that's never been a big thing for me is like the smell of books. I understand that's kind of a big thing for some, but that's not something I feel like I I lose out on, but I can see the point for sure. So I want to add something onto that con list. Um, So at least with Amazon, and most um, most companies who distribute ebooks, um, you're not actually buying the book; you're buying a license for the book. Um, and it's not so much an issue with books as it is with movies, but sometimes that license can just be revoked without you knowing. And that's happened to a couple people, but that's also why they get the lower prices because you're not physically owning the book. As if, you know, you went down to Barnes & Noble or a local bookshop and picked up the book, then you own that. But on your, your Kindle or whatever else you use to read books, it's just a license for, for the .mobi or the .pdf, whatever it is. And um, if you read the fine print, like I said, it can just be revoked and 
you don't need a refund. That's an interesting point. And I, I've never had the experience. So I don't know. I'd be interested to like hear, is that is this a common thing with e-readers? Is it something that if you're buying a Kindle, you really need to consider? Or is it kind of like sort of really rare instances? So it's not, if it's happened to me, I haven't noticed. It hasn't been a book I've wanted to read. But I was like looking through Reddit and saw a couple of instances, but it doesn't seem to be super common. So I don't think you should be worried about um, it. Because e-readers are still such a new thing. Yeah. Like what happens when books get older and like the rights transition publishers? Will you still have access to those books or not? And so it's something mm-hmm. to worry about in the future. Yeah. So I think it's definitely something to include on the cons list. Maybe like lower down is like something that's not like super, like, like a super thing you have to consider. Uh, I didn't word that great, no. but yeah. But it also plays into the pro of it offers you cheaper prices. So double-edged sword. It is, yeah. It's a give and take there. Which for me, I think I'd rather prefer the, the lower prices still and just take the risk, you know, whether it's extremely low, which is what it sounds like, but it's still there nonetheless. But I don't know. I like to live on the edge when it comes to those sort of things. So I'll take the lower prices. Yeah. What I do is I, I buy the physical books of books I love, like the Lord of the Rings or like the Martian and then try to get the ebook for everything else mm-hmm. or check it out through the library. Well, this is a point I brought up in the group me, but I'm this again goes to like the collector side of me and the love I still have for physical books. Because if I really enjoy an ebook and it becomes something I love, I I end up getting the physical copy because like part of that reading experience for me is if there's a book I love, I love being able to pass it to a family member or I'm going into education. Like I love to be able to pass it on to a student or a coworker, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's one of the major um, advantages of a physical book is you can do something like that versus an e-reader. I mean, you can suggest someone, oh, you need to go read this and download it. But like you can't be the one that like physically lends the book to them just with the limitations of like an e-reader and it being through like the internet essentially. So like I would put that almost another con as like a, I mean, another pro to physical and con to e-reader. Certain publishers let you loan your eBooks out to other people. Okay. As long as you have their email address, it's like a 21 day loan, almost like checking out through the library. Um, But it's not every book. I don't think I own any books that I can lend out, but it's an option. Yeah. And Abby, Jonathan, I don't know if you guys are big on that, but like, are you someone that like, when you read a book that you love, like you like lending it off to like someone you are. Okay. Yeah. I'm one of those people that like my bookshelf is always half empty because I've lent out books and I'm, I want, it sounds like, I feel like I'm so contradictory because I'm like, books are things to be like, like, prized or whatever but at the same time like if I don't get a book back that I've lent out I'm like I don't care as long as people are reading it it's what books are for oh I don't like, care I have either. a copy of Neil Gaiman's Stardust that I lent out to a friend at the beginning of the year and I think it's like circled through six people and has yet yeah. to make it back to me and I love that so much I love like lending out books I always encourage people to like write notes if they have any like no spoilers of course but like I don't know again I'm a very sentimental person. That's what we've learned this episode. (laughs) Oh, I'm same way. I think um, it's the Midnight Library in particular. Like I haven't gotten back either because I think like I I usually will pass it to my aunt first and then I know it just keeps getting passed down the line. But it's kind of like the best feeling ever because especially if it's a book you love, like you know that other people are experiencing it. And then I know when I 
meet them like when I see like my aunt in person or other family members or other friends like we end up talking about the book so it's like again I think that's something that is more unique to a physical book I know Jonathan said that you can lend them out for a certain amount of days but for me I don't think it would be the same like experience I'd say that for the most part it's still pretty unique to physical books for me which is why I often end up getting the physical book, even if I already own it on, on e-reader from that standpoint. And from just like building up a bookshelf that I can display and kind of just have so I can grab it at any point. I love my bookshelf so much. Like my one back home, not the one in my dorm. The one in my dorm is not even a bookshelf. It's a single shelf. <laughs> well, that's more than I have. My bookshelf consists of like me just loading things onto like my nightstand <laughs> right now at my, at my apartment. <laughs> I don't have it even start on a bookshelf, but I've got my eyes out. But again, that's kind of like the limitations, like especially when you're in a like a college size apartment. I just don't have much room Market for carts, my man. a bookshelf. They're like 20 bucks and you can fit. I, I've got like three rows. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. I feel like we've like totally spoken over you, Jonathan. But like, how do you feel about like the whole book lending thing? <laughs> Um, well, I don't have very many friends that like read and if they do, it's like different books than what I read. Um, but you did unlock a memory, uh, from like when I was little. So I had a dinosaur book. I was like in kindergarten or like pre-K. It was my favorite book. It had like all the different types of dinosaurs with illustrations. And I lent it to my friend and he didn't give it back and then his dog ate it his dog ate it like i haven't let anybody traumatizing his dog destroyed the book so and i have never so i i've never lent out a book after that yeah but then again i also i also don't have many friends who read books like i do it happened Um, to me though like i lent a book to a friend it was soul surfer the bethany hamilton one where she like got her arm bit off i lent it to a friend and like i still have the book like half the covers eaten off by the friend's dog Oh my, see, I thought like this was just like a myth that you told, like my dog ate my homework. I think like dogs actually go after books and textbooks like this. This is, um, it's got shocking. personality now. I still have that book though, because memories. Yes. It's got some personality. It matches her. Like half of it's gone, half of her arm's gone. That's a little dark. <laughs> oh, I swear to you, I was going to say that. The irony that that's the book that got eaten half. <laughs> Soul Surfer. <laughs> Okay, let's, let's, let's each like overall, like, okay, let's do like a little summary. So far, like everyone loves the experience of reading a physical book, but the convenience of a cost of an e-reader will beat out, beat it out every time, except, except for those like select few books that you're just, you know, you're going to come back to again and again, or ones that you want other people to read. Um, And I think it like speaks to the fact that we all at heart love physical books more is that's what I'm going to go with so that my side wins technically I'm just going to sum it up the same way is that like they both play a role for me I I, I truly don't have like a, a I don't I don't think a side wins out for me it's just hard to say because it's very particular to if I'm traveling I want my e-reader in my hand I do not want to have to worry about lugging around books even when I'm at school I almost prefer e-reader too so i don't know it's just kind of depends yeah i mean I, I bring my kindle everywhere with me it's always in my backpack um and i'm always reading one ebook one physical book and one audiobook um at the same time so i think like jacob said they all have their place um and it's just 
it's all reading at the end of the day like you do you read as long as you're reading and having fun doing it absolutely and i guess maybe audiobooks will be a conversation for another day but they play their role for me as well so i think again it's all about the reading experience and your your digesting literature in all these forms so yeah it's all personal preference at the end of the day though i'd say all right so uh Thanks for joining us today. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Up All Night Book Club, and that's Night with a K. Um, and we will see you guys next time for our episode on The One by John Mars.